Welcome to the I-9 Sports Show, featuring conversations with national leaders in youth sports, stories from the I-9 Sports family, and so much more. I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the I-9 Sports Show. My name is Chloe Sullivan, and I'm your host. All of us here at I-9 Sports are so excited to bring you this podcast, and we're looking forward to conversations with some amazing leaders in the youth sports industry. But that's not all. We'll get to hear stories from our I-9 Sports families. So yes, that means you. On today's episode, we'll get to hear about what one of our owners in Texas did to spread hope and humor in the middle of a pandemic. We also have a very special guest from the National Alliance for Youth Sports joining our very own CEO to discuss all things related to returning to play. And lastly, make sure you stay tuned for our sportsmanship segment, where we'll not only be discussing our sportsmanship values, but we'll get to hear stories from fields and courts all over the United States. So I am joined today by one of our awesome franchisees in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I'm happy to introduce you to Micah Nisley. Micah, great to have you on the show. Thanks for chatting with us. Thank you so much for having me. We are excited to uh, talk about what Micah did uh, during this crazy time. Micah, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started with I-9 Sports, you know, how long you've been in the network. Sure, yeah. My husband and I have been running um, Ironman Sports for 10 years. We started in 2010. Um, we run two different franchises in the DFW area. Um, we actually started in the network by refereeing in the Austin area for um, an AD there and fell in love with the idea and decided to pick up, pack our bags, move to DFW, and open our own Ironman Sports. That's awesome. Well, I know that you guys continually to boost the morale just within our network of franchise owners alone, but I know that you did something extra special to bring joy to the community at the start of the pandemic. So why don't you share with us how you spread hope and humor in such an uncertain time? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, like most, we were stuck in our houses with nothing to do. We were um, getting ready to open our spring leagues and all of a sudden our area got shut down. Um, so we started organizing and my husband and I were in our garage organizing, putting things in the attic. And I came across, um, some yard letters that we had purchased for our business the year before and a light bulb kind of came off or went off in my head and I decided, Hey, I can use this to spread joy in my neighborhood. Um, you know, as an I-9 sports owner, we are in the business of making kids smile and making families happy. And I was stuck in a position where I wasn't able to do my job and do that um, on a normal basis. And it's one of the things that I love about my job. So I thought, even though I can't run leagues this spring, I can put signs in my yard every day, um, try to make my neighbors smile, the kids in the neighborhood smile. Everyone was out walking all the time. Um, so the general idea was, even though I can't do this on a large scale, I can at least um, make people happy in, in my neighborhood. That's so, <laughs> I, yeah, I, fun. yeah, it was fun. I um, wrote out a schedule and I wouldn't say that I'm like the most witty person, but I got a calendar out and I 
I texted all my friends and um, even some people at I9 Sports just to ask like, hey, if you were going to put out a few words in your lawn and try to be funny and make your neighbors laugh, what would you do? And then I wrote out a whole calendar on, you know, trying to be thankful in some of my posts, thanking um, delivery drivers and um, frontline workers and then trying to be motivational in others and just trying to make people smile and then always trying to be funny. I wasn't sleeping well because of the pandemic. I was nervous about the health of my family and the health of our business. So I was getting up every morning at four o'clock anyway. So I hopped up and um, went out in my garage and got my signs ready and, and switched them out for the day, um, which really was good for my personal mental health as well because even though I couldn't go out and do the things I was used to doing I still had purpose every day and was able to accomplish one thing in a day if that's all that I could accomplish. I feel like that gives you like a sense of routine that so many of us lost during that time you know like our commute to work or just the little things that we normally did were out the door so having some kind of routine that probably helped a lot for your you know just personal life absolutely it kept me going i after it was all said and done and we were all allowed to leave our house i told so many people that like had i not had my yard signs i don't know what i would have done with my time and it really helped you know keep me going so did you see like more neighbors than you usually would once you started putting these signs out you know what? Everyone was out walking. They were all getting exercise, you know, being stuck in your house. Everyone was trying to just like drop their 15 pounds or, or whatever. So we uh, quarantine 15. <laughs> right. We were um, out in the front yard a lot. And I just had so many neighbors, people that I never would have met otherwise come by and, you know, speak to us at a social distance and tell us how much they appreciated the signs and how they made them laugh. And you know, thanking us. And then they started asking if we could do their yards for birthdays. So we were doing, you know, 10 year old birthdays, five year old birthdays. That. I did a 60 year old neighbor's birthday. So um, I met so many people that I wouldn't have otherwise met and made built a bunch of relationships that I wouldn't have had. That's awesome. So we have to know what were some of your favorite messages that you put out or which ones got the most attention? You know what, the very first one I did, just because it was the topic of the day, was send TP. Um, I didn't actually need toilet paper, but my next door neighbor brought me toilet paper, like, within a few hours. And then um, three other people that were driving by in the day yelled out their window, like, are you guys okay? Do you need uh. toilet paper? So that one was really funny. I was like, no, I'm just trying to be funny. I'm sorry. No, I don't need toilet paper. Um, but there were some really good funny ones. There were, um, you know, ones like say it, don't spray it, or um, leggings or pants. I liked that one. I'm still I, wearing I, leggings as pants I, right now. Me? <laughs> Too. Um, I could go on and on. There were really funny ones. Um, candy for lunch. Sure. <laughs> whatever. I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. Well, we love that you did that. I think it was such a great creative idea that just spread a ton of, as I said before, hope and humor. I think that's what everyone needed during that time. And we're looking forward to brighter days and, um, 
hopefully full cabinets of toilet paper doesn't seem right. to be an issue anymore. Absolutely. But thank you forward to using the signs as they were intended. Um, you know, we bought them to use at our venues to say Happy Mother's Day and Happy Father's Day and welcome. So those are the things that I'm looking forward to getting them back out into the sports world. Yep. Hopefully we don't have to use them for um, any more quarantines. So thanks a lot for hanging out with us, Micah. We love that you got to share this story. Like I said, I think people really needed it during that time. And I think um, it's definitely something that you can use moving forward with your business, but in the way, like you said, it was intended for. So thanks again. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. If that story from Micah has you feeling inspired and wanting to make a difference in the lives of kids by bringing an I-9 Sports franchise to your community, you can visit i9sportsfranchise.com for more information. Our franchises are home-based and offer the freedom, work-life balance, and financial independence that can only come from owning your own business. So visit i9sportsfranchise.com today for more information. Next up, I get to introduce a very special guest along with our CEO, Brian Sanders. I know so many of us are just wanting to return to normalcy, and that includes things like having our kids play sports again or just getting out there and having fun. And we obviously want to be part of that, but we also want to make sure we're doing so safely. So we will be talking about that and all things related to returning to play. Today I have with me Lisa Licata of the National Alliance for Youth Sports and our very own Brian Sanders, CEO of I-9 Sports. Thank you both so much for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I think our listeners are familiar with I-9 Sports since this is the I-9 Sports Show, but Lisa, can you tell us just a little bit about the National Alliance for Youth Sports and what your role is there? Absolutely. Uh, thanks again for having us. Uh, the National Alliance for Youth Sports is a national organization focused on helping existing youth sport programs do what they do a little bit better. Uh, we have a variety of tools, resources, and programs that are designed to add value to existing sport programs. And we work across the nation helping mostly moms and dads to become better coaches since we believe that the fields, courts, and rinks are classrooms and kids learn a great deal in those classrooms. And I think that's a very similar um, outlook that I-9 has as well. Since 1981, we've been training moms and dads who volunteer to coach across the country, and millions have gone through the program. Our programs are mandated on American military bases, as well as public entities and recreation programs across the nation. Uh, I specifically help professionals who work at public entities as well as large organizations to help them get certification to oversee youth sports. And we provide a, a program called the Academy for Youth Sports Administrators where a certification called the CYSA, Certified Youth Sport Administrator, credential is earned. And I help to oversee that and I've been doing that for the last 25 years for NAIS. Wow, sounds like you guys do it all. <laughs> That's awesome. Again, we're so excited to have you on this episode. And Brian, like I said before, I think our listeners are probably familiar with I-9 Sports, but can you tell us just a little bit about I-9 Sports for those who may not know? Absolutely. So I-9 Sports is the nation's largest multi-sport provider focused solely on providing high-quality community 
sports-based youth sports programs. And our mission is to help kids succeed in life through sports. And we take that mission very seriously. We do that uh, by, as I said, being a multi-sport provider, but one that's focused on the experience. Um, what we found when we first started back in 2003 was that fun had been removed from the youth sports experience and had been replaced by a lot of parental politics or coaches that were more worried about their own win-loss record than they were about um, the experience for the child. And so we've wanted to work with communities and helping change that focus back to being about the kids, making it child-centered and making it fun. So we offer um, six different sports and we are a national franchise organization. So we've got locations as far west as Hawaii and as far east as Massachusetts. Great. Well, it sounds like we have uh, two people who can speak a lot about returning to sports, which is what this segment's going to be all about today. So Lisa, I know you specifically have been with the NAYS for, I think, 25 years, correct? Correct. Wow. So you've seen lots of youth sports across the years. In all of those years, have you ever seen anything impact youth sports the way this pandemic has? No, I don't think that anyone has seen anything like this in so many realms of our lives. But whether we're, you know, looking back at some of the events that have happened in the last, say, 25 years, um, nothing has shaken the core of youth sports more than this has. Um, having nobody playing is something that hasn't ever been experienced. So with that being said, you know, do you think it's important that children do start to return to their normal activities, you know, like playing sports or at least conditioning for the sports that they want to start playing? You know, are there mental, physical benefits to that at all? Sure. I mean, I think that we all agree, especially all of us who are in this field, understand and believe that youth sports has valuable um, assets that are provided to kids, both from um, a learning uh, perspective, from their mental and physical well-being, as far as a community, it, it all is important to us and to children playing youth sports. So getting them back um, and calling it normal might be a stretch at this point. Um, the new normal and getting them out there as soon as it's um, healthy and safe is absolutely something that I think not only your organization, but everyone who's out there doing youth sports, um, whether you're talking about recreational or competitive, whether you're talking about the public entities who's running the programs or community-based organizations like I-9, everybody wants kids to get out there and play, but I think there's also a reality that we want them to be safe. Definitely, definitely. So Brian, you know, with everything Lisa just said, how is I-9 Sports making sure that it is safe for families and their children to return to play? You know, I know we are across the nation in different states, different counties, and there's different phased approaches in different states. So, you know, how are we uh, making this safe for children and making sure that, you know, we have the appropriate things in place across the nation with these different phases going on? Yeah, I agree with Lisa in the sense that what she said up front was none of us have ever seen anything quite like this. So when COVID first became a reality, um, we saw early on that our country's response to the pandemic was going to be hyper-localized, which meant that a one-size-fits-all approach to return to play just wasn't going to be possible. 
So our team immediately focused on creating what essentially became a two-pronged plan for returning to play. The first prong specifically addressed a return to play safety protocol. So, you know, regardless of the form of play, how could we assure parents and kids that they were going to be in a safe situation? And so this encompassed things like the, the obvious thing, social distancing on the sidelines, um, requesting that we limit attendance to one parent per player if possible, so we weren't inviting the whole extended family. Um, obviously, again, sanitation of equipment before, during, and after games, um, elimination of all intentional contact, and, and then, of course, the mandate, because of the hyper-localization, to make sure that every program director was following the guidelines of their um, their, the local state or, or um, the local areas. So that was the first prong. So it was how to get back to play in some form safely. And then the second prong was being able to develop different playing formats that would allow all locations to be able to offer something when their community deemed it safe to get back to play. And so it kind of came down to a waterfall, if you will, of options. So if you could get back to play team on team, great. If you can't, then do short-sided play, which might be, for example, three versus three in soccer. If it wouldn't be deemed safe in their community to play uh, team on team, then sports-specific instructional uh, program or format where kids would rotate through stations on a field, focusing on their particular sports skills and drills, all the way down to a brand new format that we're calling athlete development program which is a non-sport specific format that focuses on building physical literacy. So there's something that everybody could run depending on their local circumstances. So uh, we felt that would be the best approach, kind of create this menu and allow the local program directors to work closely with their community uh, officials, to figure out what was the best approach to take. Great, thanks for that information, I think so many parents right now are less worried about, you know, sales and what their kid will be wearing as a jersey. And I think they're, what they're really wanting to know is how are you keeping my family safe? You know, what are you doing to make sure that my child doesn't come in contact with, you know, this disease that's out there? And, you know, how are you going to make sure that everything they're doing on the field is safe? Ryan, how are you guys helping to make parents feel safer or how do you help parents overcome their fear and concern for involving their children in youth sports activities right now? Well, I, I think there, the, the fear is natural. I mean, you can't tell someone not to feel something and, and we're all um, experiencing media in, in the same way. We're constantly bombarded with the negativity surrounding it and it's real. So the fear, the natural fear that parents have of wanting to keep their, their kids and their families safe is, is very important. But we want to educate them that it doesn't mean you can't play sports, that there is a way to get out and do it in a safe way, um, again, in accordance with the local safety guidelines. So we're using multiple media channels, um, certainly our website, but email, social media to educate parents on how seriously we're taking the issue of return to play safely and that it is possible to get back out there. But I think there's this fatigue. I was gonna ask Lisa if she's seeing it and hearing it in, in her channels and the parents she's dealing with, but I sense that there's this tremendous fatigue surrounding the pandemic because parents are certainly dealing with being homebound. Many dual income families are both having to work from home with the kids, 
of different ages and fatigue and dealing with uh, the educational needs and uh, extracurricular activities. And then the fatigue of isolation. And one of the things that youth sports do is just kind of the cultural fabric of a community. It brings people out of the home together for something fun and, and wholesome. And I think people are missing that. And so what we want to do is maybe counter a little bit of that negative news that people are hearing with the positivity of here's something that you can do in a safe way. And uh, are, are you hearing that fatigue, Lisa? Uh, we are, unfortunately. And I think that fatigue is, is sort of trickling to all levels, not just um, the folks that work in our field, but parents and coaches and, and the children themselves. Um, the thought that they're not going back to school in the fall for in some parts of the country is definitely um, creating higher levels of stress and anxiety. And not only the um, the the adults, but the children who are of age to understand what that means. And then when you start hearing that school sports and and um, some of those activities are being curtailed for, for the time being, um, I think it's an opportunity for organizations like yourself and, and um, those grassroots recreational programs to, to grow. Because what we're going to see are some of the higher levels of competitive programs, the club levels and travel teams, who aren't going to be able to do that normal um, type of experience. They're going to have to go back to sort of the grassroots programs. And that, to me, is something very positive. So maybe some recreational um, sport organizations are going to see growth when we start opening registration and getting kids back out on the field. Mm -hmm. So true. That's a great segue into my next question. Brian, Lisa spoke a little bit about, you know, the mental and physical benefits and the growth of these organizations, but what do you think, why do you think youth sports are so vital, not just for the health of kids, but for the actual communities that they live in? Well, it gets back to the role that youth sports play. They really do play that role of, of being a, um, a cultural fabric. It's glue. It's mortar. It's those things that, that, that bring us out of our homes, regardless of our backgrounds, because we're all melting pots now. Um, and so it brings us out of our homes. It brings us out of our differences and pulls us together in, in a way that we can celebrate achievement of the kids as they learn and grow and experience new things. So aside from all the, the, the wonderful benefits that youth sports provide in reducing stress and improving kids' concentration and confidence and, and all those things, there's that real role that they play in keeping a community moving together in a certain direction. And we need that so badly right now. I mean, you've got the, the whole racism issue going on as a backdrop to COVID as well. And, and we, we can see literally what it's doing to our communities as it's pulling us apart. Youth sports can be part of that healing in a very big way. Wonderful. I agree. Um, so much going on. And I just think sports brings us all together. And it's definitely a positive thing in many people's lives in the community. Lisa, speaking of community, what segment of national youth sports do you believe is going to be most impacted by this pandemic and why? Well, I mean, without kids, we don't have youth sports. So let's focus on the kids. Um, they are definitely most impacted the longer they are not participating in playing sports. 
Um, but I, I absolutely agree with Brian that this is going back to the fabric of the community. And I think that you sports plays an opportunity. Um, you know, if you start to say, what are the positive benefits that children and families get out of offering youth sports? What is it that they get? when they participate. They get a list, and you can make this list as long as you want of all these wonderful things, whether it's um, accepting winning and losing and having fun and learning sportsmanship and motor skills and all of the things that they're learning. Um, If we aren't offering you sports, they're not going to get that. So we have to make sure that the children in our society have that outdoor or indoor sports classroom to learn from and to reap all those positive benefits because it goes beyond, as Brian said, it's not just about the kids, it's back to the fabric of our communities. Definitely, and for those not ready to return to play just yet, I mean, hopefully this isn't you know a long-term solution, but do either of your organizations provide any kind of like at-home resources or things that children can do right now to keep them, you know, physically fit and physically um, active? I can jump in. So we, we know, getting back to the point of how difficult it is for parents right now, we know that they're in a tough spot with kids being home all day and the kids literally climbing the walls. So instead of just focusing on what we can do when we're together on the fields, we wanted to help parents by providing some activities and things that they could do at home. And so through our blog and website and through emails, we've provided an array of things such as um, some fun physical exercises they can do to keep moving at home, um, activity and coloring sheets for the younger kids. Um, We've even built a printable in-home scavenger hut for something really different that that parents could take on with the kids. But um, these were all uh, made available, as I said, either through the website or through email. for the more ambitious parents who really want to take this time to help their kids work on maybe a sports-specific skill, um, we have made our entire library of coaching videos and tools available to our members, so maybe not just coaches, but all of our members, um, through the coaching tab on our website. So if a parent, for instance, wanted to go in and look at some of the skills and drills and the videos we have for our coaches in soccer, they could see those and then go out in the backyard or the driveway and work with the child. So, so those are some of the things we've done uh, to, to kind of bring the experience home. Great. And then hopefully uh, when, you know, we return to play, these parents that have been coaching their kids in the backyard then want to become coaches themselves and they'll be able to use the National Alliance for Youth Sports to become the best possible coach. Exactly. Great. So, Lisa, is there information on your website where parents can find out more about safety recommendations or any other um, things that they would want to know moving forward with, with returning to play? Sure. So we've been, you know, we've been messaging sort of the same. Um, we have a youth development side of NAES that provides some motor skill development for the younger athletes to to be sure they're have the basic motor skills to have success when they do play. And we've been um, sending some of that stuff out via our, our website and emails and kind of the same channels that Brian just said. In addition, we've been encouraging 
parents and coaches, as well as anyone uh, in the youth sports environment, to take advantage of some of the free programming uh, that we offer on the NAES.org website. Um, we have some free certificate programs uh, that address concussion prevention, uh, bullying prevention, protecting kids from abuse, as well as um, a new program that actually got rolled out, um, and it's a free video-based program that takes about 45 minutes to go through and you get a certificate at the end on preventing sudden cardiac arrest because uh, there are some states, California being one in specifically, that uh, implemented law that went into effect in January add a, adding on to their concussion law that it's required for all youth sport coaches to have that sudden cardiac arrest prevention training. So beyond that, then we've been adding every uh, resource, PDF file, back return to play, sports-specific type of document gathered from not only national organizations, but local, state, and even sports-specific organizations um, on our website, in our blogs, uh, posts, to share the information. Because like you mentioned, there is a difference um, from state to state and community to community on the rollout. So we've just been trying to gather as much reopening and safety information to share to then allow every community to make the best decisions possible for the children in their community. Great. They've, they've done an awesome job. They, they really have. So for those listening, I, I highly recommend that you go to the website and it's nays.org. Um, so definitely check it out. <laughs> thank you. Great, thank you. And lastly, wrapping it up here, question for both of you. The future is just so unknown right now. You know, it's hard for any of us to have the right answers of, you know, what is going to happen next. But what do you both hope that the future looks like for youth sports? Lisa, I'll let you go first and then, then I'll, I'll jump in. Sure. Um, so I hope that when we get back on the field and get youth sports uh, operating again at the local level, that we can provide the highest quality programs possible. And to do that, one of the uh, efforts that NAES has um, offered, again, another service that is available to any program, is a designation called the Better Sports for Kids quality program provider designation. And um, we're encouraging every youth sport organization to go through this simple checklist to be sure that what they're doing on the field and the protocols and policies and procedures and implementation and supervision of that program is being done right. Because there is a, a push across the nation to create some predictability and consistency when we're programming. And you guys do a really wonderful job being a franchise that you're providing that consistency and predictability when somebody goes to I-9 sports. But because at the local level, there's so many opportunities for youth sports, we need to be sure that in every community, the message is, is taken not only to those who, who ha have the information and resources, but to all of the organizations that, that may just be running a program, you know, that they've created. And we want to be sure that, you know, when they go to a, a recreation facility, regardless of the sport and regardless of who's running that sport, it's done at the best, highest quality possible. So hopefully as we move forward, we've got uh, educated professionals who are certified and understand the scope and scale of youth sports and how to do it right. Um, 
that they're communicating with each other with a recreational focus on every child having a safe sports experience and then uh, following up with organizations that are doing it right, like I-9, so that we have a generation of kids who are really getting a wonderful experience when it comes to youth sports. And when they look back on this crazy time, they say, wow, one of the things that, that really helped me through was getting back on the field and playing youth sports as a kid. I could say ditto because I love what she just said. Um, I completely agree with, with that in terms of saying, you know, my hope is that uh, what results from this is a higher quality experience available to, to all kids. I'm, I'm extremely bullish on the future of youth sports. I think the future is incredibly bright. Um, every year, there's a whole new group of kids that are turning age three and they will want to play youth sports and their parents. I mean, if COVID has taught us anything, has taught us that parents want the kids out of the house doing something healthy and active. And so they are going to want to play youth sports. So my hope, as we're all, all of us who are in the space of providing youth sports, will take this as an opportunity to step back and revisit the, the quality of the experience and the acceptability of the experience so that as many kids as possible across our communities can actually get out and play um, fun, safe, healthy sports. And um, I think we can do that because there are a lot of conversations taking place now across different providers and, and those who are involved with these sports that never would have occurred without COVID. So that's another silver lining probably that you were referring to. So we are having really productive dialogue about how to improve youth sports for all. And um, like I said, I'm very bullish about what's going to result from that. Great. I love that. I think you both said it, you know, the future of youth sports, it looks bright amongst all that's going on right now. The future is still bright. So thank you both so much for taking the time to have this discussion today. Like I said, I think this is what people are wanting to learn about right now. They're, they're less worried about all the, you know, things that seem secondary right now. And they just want to know what does returning to play look like? and how are we keeping them safe. So thank you both so much. Again, the information that we spoke about today, Brian said it, you can find it on i9sports.com or nays.org. So everything we discussed today can be found on both of those websites. Thank you both so much. Have a great day. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Lisa. All right, welcome to our sportsmanship segment of the podcast. This is one of my absolute favorite parts of our show because we not only get to speak to and hear from some of our I-9 Sports families, but we get to talk about something that's so important to all of us here at I-9 Sports. When your child plays in an I-9 Sports program, you'll notice the huge emphasis that we put on teaching your child about sportsmanship. We believe that helping kids succeed in life means teaching them more than just how to play the game, but teaching them valuable lessons that they can take far beyond the field or the court. So each month, we'll be talking about one of our sportsmanship values, and we'll get to hear from some of our sportsmanship medal winners, along with other I-9 sports families. If your child demonstrated excellent sportsmanship or character, won a sportsmanship medal, maybe they overcame something through sports, or they just have a story that you know needs to be heard, we would love to talk to you. So send us an email to podcast at i9sports.com telling us your child's story, and you could be our next special guest. 
So this month's value that we're focusing on is teamwork. And you might be thinking, Chloe, that is an interesting choice to focus on, seeing as my kid hasn't even been part of a team in a few months, or my kid just started playing with a team again. But I think this demonstrates perfectly how these values that we learn through sports carry over into everyday life. Teamwork doesn't just mean working together during a game, but your team can also be your family. And this value may have been especially important during the pandemic and being quarantined or stuck inside for a while and having to really work together as a family to help cook dinner or maybe think of a new fun activity to keep everyone entertained or even just helping with everyday chores outside of, you know, being stuck at home or quarantined. So On the field, your child can demonstrate teamwork by cheering on their teammates and saying things like, good job, great try, being proud of their teammates regardless of the score, sharing with their teammates, listening to teammates and coaches. But that can easily carry over into everyday life, whether their team is their family or their classmates in school. And this will carry far beyond their, you know, middle school years, their teenage years. This can carry over into their job one day when their teammates become their colleagues that they work with. So I wanted to share a few emails with you from some of our I-9 sports parents. And this first one is actually about a child who won a sportsmanship medal for demonstrating our value of the month, teamwork. This one comes to us from Danielle. Her son, Lucas, plays t-ball in our peewee division. She says, hello, I-9 sports. Lucas was awarded the sportsmanship medal for demonstrating teamwork at his t-ball game by playing with his team and throwing the ball to other team members. Typically, Lucas is extremely shy and won't interact with his team members much. But last week, he actually picked up the ball and threw it to them. Awesome job, Lucas. It sounds like you're not only learning about teamwork, but you're learning some other valuable skills too. We're proud of you. This next one comes to us from Amber in Texas. She says, My son Eric is eight years old and is playing baseball with I-9 Sports. At his game on Sunday, he was a little down because he wasn't playing as well as he usually does. But that didn't stop him from encouraging his teammates. He was constantly telling them, good hit, good throw, or you can do it. And because of that, he was awarded the sportsmanship medal. He was so excited because it was his first medal. Thank you, Amber. Awesome job, Eric. Way to show support of your teammates, even when you might have not been having such a great day. It's not always about how well you're playing or if you're winning or losing. It's about so much more, and it sounds like you understand that. Our next one comes from Betsy. Her daughter, Jewel, plays volleyball in our junior division. She says, hi, Jewel has been learning new skills since she joined I-9 Sports. One of her goals is to play college volleyball. She is eager and excited to play every Sunday afternoon. Last week, she was awarded a sportsmanship medal for showing good attitude, hard work, and hustling for the ball. Thanks to all the coaches for their passion and dedication. Good job, Jewel, mom and dad. Way to go, Jewel. It sounds like you have big dreams, and we know if you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything. Thanks so much to everyone who wrote us and shared your stories with us. Again, if you have a story that you'd like to share, please email it to podcast at i9sports.com and you could be our next on-air guest. Well, everyone, that's all we have for today. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. We are really looking forward to releasing an episode every month, and we hope that you'll join us along with some special guests next month when we dive into health and safety in the youth sports industry. I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be.